There are so many things that impact our ability to achieve success, but none are more important than leadership. Individuals and organizations rise and fall with leadership. We are here to help you rise. Thank you for joining us. This is the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Hello, leaders, and welcome to Leadership Excellence. My name is Danny Langloss, and today I'm joined by Gita Newkirk, the city manager of Highland Park. Highland Park is a community of 30,000 and a suburb on Chicago's North Shore. Gita brings more than 25 years of executive leadership experience to our conversation. She is a past president of the Illinois City Managers Association and a facilitator of Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective Leaders. When I made the transition from police chief to city manager in August of 2018, I began to seek out mentors in this profession. In a conversation with one of our city councilmen, Mike Veneer, he told me that I had to connect with this incredible city manager out of Highland Park. Mike said he had seen her speak at the Illinois Municipal League Annual Conference. Mike was blown away by her, and Mike is not easily impressed. He said she was something very special, dynamic, progressive, and innovative. He knew she was an incredible leader. I did a little research leading up to a city manager's conference I attended a few months later and learned this incredible city manager was Gita. I introduced myself to Gita at the conference, and we immediately made a professional connection. She was glad to help me, and since then, we have become great friends. Gita truly is on the front edge of leadership. I couldn't be more excited to be speaking with her today on leadership strategies to motivate our teams, especially during this COVID-19 pandemic. Hello, Gita. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Danny. Well, I'm humbled by your comments. Thank you so much, and I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I've been really looking forward to this conversation. And I got to tell you, I appreciate all the help you've given me along the way. There's so many similarities, especially from the leadership side uh, between police chief and city manager. But there's a lot of things that are that are highly specialized in different ways you need to look at things from this position. Right. Gita, can we start? So everybody doesn't really understand what a city manager does. And could you start by explaining for people who aren't familiar with the position of city manager, how the responsibility of city manager compares or relates to the position of like CEO in a private company? Absolutely. So, um, well, I've spent my entire professional career, 27 years this year in local government management. So I've never served as a CEO of a private company, but I'll share with you um, from what I do know about those responsibilities. So my position as city manager is to uh, manage the day-to-day operations of our organization, of our community. Um, so that includes uh, working with our team of employees. It means carrying out the policy that the city council um, advances, approves. Uh, it means serving residents, serving businesses, and um, really based on the foundation of the city's mission. And so carrying out that mission and vision and the priorities of the city. So essentially, day-to-day as a city manager, you're running the city with your, your, the great team that you've created and established. Absolutely. 277 people, they're outstanding. And yes, we are an excellent team working together um, to make our community run and serve the public. That's awesome. So what, what is the difference between the role of the mayor and the city manager and the council manager form of government? 
Great question. So I think, and especially now in the news, you know, you're hearing a lot about mayors in the news. Um, and for most of the big cities, like city of Chicago, they operate under a strong mayor form of government. So that mayor, that is their full-time job is to um, preside uh, over, you know, the city of Chicago in this case. In a council manager form of government, where I would say most local governments where the suburbs are, um, they have a mayor and council who are elected and their roles are to set policy for the city. In essence, they're part-time positions. Um, so some elected officials don't earn any compensation and some you know, earn less than $10,000 a year. I believe they do it because they wanna make a difference in their community and they wanna be a part of positive change and positive improvements. Uh, so in a council manager form of government, they hire a city manager who is educated and trained in local government management. Um, we are not political positions, um, but our role is to carry out those laws that are approved and to manage the day-to-day -day operations of the city. And so we do so um, based on, again, our expertise and our knowledge in the best interest of the city in that regard. I think that helps people because as, as most people think about government and, and everybody looks to the mayor and now there's so many calls to actions for the mayors and then the city manager form of government, while the mayor with the council, not by themselves, but with the council set policies and goals and direction and approve the budget, it's really the city manager that's leading day to day. Um, much like the CEO is of, of a private company who, who reports to a board of directors. Um, right. A lot of similarities. It's probably more of a, of a mix between you know, CEO and COO um, based on how this is set up. But, but I think people find that interesting and it's important as they sit and listen to the conversation to, to really understand what that is. Right. You know, I understand you're certified to facilitate Covey 7 Habits for Highly Effective Leaders. How did you get involved in that? So, um, so have you read the book, Seven Habits for Highly Effective Leaders, Covey? Um, so I read that many years ago um, and, and, I, and I do recommend it. And then I participated in a workshop that was led by a Covey facilitator. So this program, what I really like about it, it's based on proven principles that are really timeless. And it's things that I think are so important you know, regardless of your profession, regardless of what you do, they're just, um, they're, uh, they're initiatives that I think all quality leaders should have as they work with people, as they work on time management. And so actually, whether for your personal life and your professional life, I've used, um, I've used those, um, you know, seven habits to guide me and to try to be a better mother, try to be a better wife, a friend, and certainly a professional. Um, so I participated in that workshop, read that book many years ago, and I'm always looking for opportunities just to, um, just to improve morale in our organization, to provide leadership training for our employees, to help them be the best that they can be for our community or whether they move on elsewhere. And so we have implemented a program where we are actually getting every person in our organization trained under the seven habits. Um, and it's been, it's been very effective in my opinion, um, and very well received. So that, that's an interesting thing because, uh, the work I'm doing right now uh, around creating a culture of leadership talks about 
everybody in your organization through different times, whether informal or formal leaders, is called to lead. If, if leadership is divine, defined as influence, everybody to different levels has influence. And those informal leaders or people who aren't in formal leadership positions can really impact the success of, you know, of your organization. Um, I meet, you know, one of the things that I do is I meet with every new employee that's hired in our organization. Um, It's, I think, time very well spent. I want to get to know them. I want them to, you know, understand our mission, our vision, and our philosophy in our organization. And one thing that I tell people is leadership is not based on position. It's based on passion. And so I want every person in the organization to ask questions and to um, ask questions why we do things. No employee should ever say in an organization, well, we've done it because we've always done it. And so um, it's important to ask those questions and regularly evaluate how we can be better. Um, And what's exciting about new employees is they bring this wealth of knowledge that we had not had in our organization before. So it's an opportunity for us to also learn from them. But I think our success as an organization is due in large part to our employees, and that's giving those employees that empowerment to be able to effectuate change and make improvements. I love that. We talk a lot about, you know, we try to create a culture of change. So people normally push back against change, but when you create a culture of change where it's embraced and change is seen as opportunity, then you're, you're constantly changing. There is no status quo, right? Because you're constantly just adding layers of greatness to your organization. Is there, Gita, is there one habit that, that speaks out or two of Covey's seven habits that, that just really stick with you and that you see as, as more of the important ones or how, how, how do you view that? Oh gosh, I, I remind myself of the habits regularly and all of them come into play. Um, I guess now, especially just, you know, managing our community in this pandemic, Um, I think the time management and putting first things first is very important. And so, um, you know, and I don't know if you felt it, but I can go, for example, I can go all day long and check emails and feel like I never really got anything done at the end of the day, but yet I worked 10 hours and I'm like, huh, didn't really do much except I checked emails all day and I sure was busy. Um, And so this whole idea of putting first things first is to prioritize what is most important. Um, Everyone has important things that they need to do, but for my position, my responsibilities, what are those big important things that I have to accomplish in that day? And I think then when you accomplish them, you feel better, right? Now you still got to get to all the other things, but it's really just that time management that I use most often. And as it pertains to, um, you know, because there's, there's, you know, there's so much frustration now in the world and there's challenges in the world that I'm reminding myself often to seek first to understand. And so I think as a leader in an organization, if we're talking about something, what I want to do is take in everyone's feedback. I want to hear what everyone has to say before I give my opinion or make a determination then of the course that we want to go. So it's that concept of seek first to understand and then to be understood. So let me get everyone's feedback and information and then use that to make a decision. Yeah, I think the seek first to understand then be understood is one of the laws of leadership that I've adopted personally and that we've implemented through our organization. 
you know, when you do seek first to understand, you tell people, I respect you. I care about you. You matter. I value you. And I think that's a, a huge thing when you think about psychological safety, sense of belonging, building and developing confidence. And, and that is, uh, that's one of the habits that has truly guided me. And the other thing that ties into that is Maya Angelou's famous quote, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Right. And so when you combine the seek first to understand, then be understood with that, uh, they're pretty powerful things and they're, they're incredible relationship and trust builders, in my opinion. So okay. Gita, so Gita, how, so this training has been received well by your team. Have you seen it making a difference and an impact in your team? I have. Yes. Yes. And we're, you know, we're always looking for opportunities of how we can work better, how we can uh, work better as a team, communicate better with each other, better serve the public. So yeah, this is one of many tools I think that we have used to um, support us individually as professionals, and then also certainly to benefit the organization and the community. Yeah. And what an incredible investment in your team and to go and to take the time and become a facilitator. Because if you were going to bring Covey in to, to do this for all your employees, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's quite of an expense. And so we've got to find all of us, no matter if you're in city government or you own a private company, we've got limited funds and we've right. got to maximize what we have. And a lot of times people, when they have to make decisions, cut training, which is the most important aspect that when you, especially when you're in the business of people, you know, for, for us, and I'm sure for you, you know, 70, 72% of our budget is people. What we do is provide service for our community. So investing in our people through training is so, so important. Right. We started a program a couple of years ago too, that was really well received. We called it the city smart series and every month um, you know, we sought employee feedback of different things that they wanted to learn about. And every month we had a different topic that was taught or facilitated by someone in the organization. So it was a great training program, cost us nothing except time, you know, but it was certainly time well spent. And it was an opportunity, for example, where, um, you know, I, I did a session with our public works director on um, advancing, you know, advancing in an organization and, and general management. And, you know, we, uh, we communicated that, you know, or, we, you know, we talked about that program that, you know, it doesn't matter what position you are in the organization, but if you want to, if you want to be a city manager or you just want to advance in, in any area and to have that management experience, you know, come to the session. So we had people throughout the organization at all levels go, um, we did one on traffic management. So there may be a finance clerk that just wants to understand, you know, how does the city determine where a stop sign gets located? What is that process? And so, you know, our traffic commander put together a program and we talked about the warrant studies and the process that's undertaken through that. And it was, you know, it served so many different purposes. One is, you know, what I found is employees want to interact with other employees rather than having the silos in the departments. We've worked hard to break down those silos. Two, it provided people a great level of education and understanding in an area that they may not have been exposed to. 
And, um, you know, and then it was just, it was just nice to kind of get everyone together and, you know, just to unify the, the organization a little bit more. You know, and that's so important in any organization, but in city government, you do get silos. You know, Dixon uh, was kind of a community of silos in our departments. We were in a commission form of government prior to the embezzlement of Rita Cronwell. And so you had the police department operating as it was its own entity and the fire department and the street department and the water department. And we've really very intentionally unified all those departments under this form of government as one team. And, right. and, and it's really important because while there are things that departments do individually, a lot of things tie back together in the overall service we provide to our citizens and our community. Right. I wholeheartedly agree. And especially now, you know, we're managing a, a crisis. Um, you know, when you've built, you've built that foundation of communication and coordination with each other, and then you do have an emergency, now your team works so much more effectively and efficiently together because you know who the players are, you know what their strengths are, you know where there's opportunity to learn. Um, and so it really, I think, has served us well during, during these challenging times, um, you know, since February, <laughs> we've been managing right. this. Uh, in order, and, and Covey talks about leading at the speed of trust. And in order to do that, you've got to have trust. And in order to have trust, you've got to have, you know, relationships and time spent together. So the way you're bringing your, your city together, your city team together, it's, it's, it's truly incredible. And regardless if you're, you know, the, the city manager of Highland Park or if you're the CEO of KSB Hospital, those things, th those principles transcend across, across all professions, that teamwork. Every, you know, depending on the size of your company, if there's any size to it at all, you're going to have different organizations and divisions. And we got to make sure to break down those fiefdoms and those, the territorialness and everybody understands what part they play to accomplish the mission of the organization. Right. Absolutely. Gita, let's talk about uh, motivation. Let's talk about how do you motivate your team members, and, and especially during a pandemic? You know, as a, as a, as a leader, what, what strategies do you employ to motivate your team? So um, I think what, you know, a couple things. One, I think it's important at the very foundation to have good communication. And so um, you know, when this, when this pandemic started, um, I want to say in March, um, you know, what, what we did, one of the first things I did was I sent an email to all employees and just explained to them of here's kind of, now obviously they knew what was happening in the world, but here's how what is happening in the world and now impacting our region. Here's what we need to do now as an organization. And it's a reminder of here is our mission as an organization. And it was an opportunity to emphasize, especially for our first responders who, you know, they signed up, they, they love what they do, they know what they need to do, um, but it's still challenging, certainly. And so it was an opportunity to remind them of how much we value and appreciate the work that they do, that their safety, everybody's safety in the organization is of utmost importance. And here's what we are going to do to keep our employees safe. And here's how we're going to serve the public. So um, I have sent, you know, several messages. I made a video for all employees. So different ways of communicating with all of them to help make sure that we are still all aligned and at least that they understand from me as the city manager, what, what is the direction of this organization. 
Um, so that I thought was important. Um, you know, I took the time several weeks ago to write a handwritten note to every employee in our organization. Um, you know, and it was funny, like over the weekend and, you know, like one o'clock in the morning, my husband's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> and I, I was like, look, I want to do this because I want to send a personal message to each person. Each person is unique. And so the communication to all 277 employees is important, but at the same time, um, the personal connection I think is, is important. And, um, and then the one-on-one. -on -one. So, you know, I think it's important for supervisors and managers to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with employees because especially now that the longer this goes on, um, people are dealing with a lot. There's a lot of emotions. You don't know who's sick in their family. You don't know how they've been impacted, the impact of this on, on kids, on grandparents. Um, and, and even some people that may seem like they are fine. I think it's important to also connect with those people and just make sure, um, you know, to have those value conversations. So the first all rests with communication, I think is, is important. Um, and then the second is, um, you know, is, is unifying the group and understanding what are those things that help people morale? Cause we're, we're all energized differently. And so, um, and so I think it's important to understand what that is and to try to make those, make those changes or improvements. Um, so that could be, for example, we've been extremely flexible with people's work hours as we can. And so um, organizations now, especially with you know, working remotely, let's do everything we can to be flexible with employees as we're now reopening and going into, you know, we're in phase three now in the state of Illinois. Um, how can we be flexible with employees as people are returning back to a physical office? And I think as managers, we need to be now more flexible than we've ever have, just understanding that people are going through so many things. Um, and then certainly on the financial piece, I think we need to be honest with our employees. This pandemic, without a doubt, has had a negative uh, impact, not only emotionally, but financially on municipalities, on private companies, on everybody. Um, for our city, just in 2020 alone, we're estimating a $10 million decrease in our revenues. And so we've had to take a hard look at uh, budget cuts and how we're going to, you know, even try to balance this year's budget. And so it's being honest with employees in terms of, okay, here are the programs and services that we are likely not going to be able to advance. Um, so, you know, being honest, communicating, finding what motivates each individual employee and trying to do and trying to do that. The, you know, when you were talking about communication and, and I know we talked about this uh, during a conversation some time ago, but it just really speaks volumes to the kind of leader that you are to take the time to personally and individually handwrite 277 letters and notes to your team to, to think about, and you've taken the time to get to know all 277 members of your team and so think about how to communicate with them individually to let them know that they're, that they're cared about. How did you, how'd you come up with that idea? Uh, well, I'll give credit to our HR manager because um, we were talking about just the importance of, of having those connections with employees. Um, 
And so what is the best way to do that? You know, I haven't, you know, what I would do before is I'd like going to roll call for the police department or go, you know, to a staff meeting at the water plant or meet with the fire shift and, and just do that. Um, you know, they don't want me in the firehouse right now because I've been out and around. <laughs> so we want to keep those guys, you know, safe and keep COVID out of that building to the greatest extent possible. And so, you know, it was just how can I connect with people? Um, and so I thought that that was important. And then it also, you know, I, I'm thinking about not only our employees, but I'm thinking about their families. Um, and so I, I understand it's been hard on my family too, I'm working 16 hour days. And so I think about people's family. And so it was an opportunity also just to write and say, hey, thanks to your family for giving you the support. Um, so you can, you know, be focused on work and try to balance family demands as well. And we, you know, just a few minutes ago, we talked about, you know, people forget what you say, forget what you did. They'll never forget the way you made them feel and the feeling. I'm sure that, that all of, if not close to all of your team members had when they received that note from you is something they're never going to forget. You don't just say you care about your team, you care about your team and you demonstrate that. And so as you, it sounds like you've been making an incredible amount of deposits in your leadership account. I like to look at it as, you know, we're, we're constantly making deposits and at times there's things that happen like uh, the financial piece and the tough decisions that have to be made. Okay. And so with our team members, some of these decisions are tough and at times we're going to have to make withdrawals and, and you've got to, and a lot of times when you make a withdrawal, it's bigger than the, the, the small deposits that we put in day in and day out. So those deposits have, have to be there. There's, I've never heard anybody, I've heard a lot of people say that the biggest problem in our organization, across organizations in our organization is communication. I've, I've never heard anybody complain about, you know what, my boss and our leadership team, they, they care too much. They, they communicate too much. Right. I, can't, I can't believe how much they're trying to communicate, right? And it says, you know, I care about you. You're important. You're a valuable part of this team. When you talk about morale, I mean, that, that has a huge impact on morale, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, our, our investment is our people, you know, and I think that is so important because they are out meeting with residents. And, you know, I tell employees when they start to that, residents or business, whoever you're dealing with, they may not remember your name. They may not even remember what department, but they're going to remember an experience that they had with the city. And so it is important for our employees to know that they have an opportunity to make a positive impact. They can certainly make a negative impact as well, but we want them to make a positive impact with everyone that they interact with in, in the community. And that's so important. And so it's important for us, again, why it's so important just to reinforce, hey, here are our philosophies, here's our vision, here's how we treat the public. Um, and, and that, I think, is imperative to, to relay to employees just so they understand. The other thing that is so important is we tell um, our, our interview panels when we are interviewing employees, um, Someone once told me, you hire people for what they know and you fire them for who they are. Um, and 
there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of truth to that. Like you can think, you know, if you're hiring an engineer, you can almost, you can assume generally that the engineers, they're going to meet the basic minimum qualifications for that position if they're applying for it. And then after you screen them, then let's say you're interviewing eight people. So let's assume those eight people have all the basic technical requirements, but in that interview, you got to make sure it's an emotional fit. You know, does that, what is that person's mission and drive and character and are they going to align with our organization? And so look for those kinds of things when you're interviewing people, because we want to make sure those personalities really fit into the organization and the work ethics and the character and integrity. Yeah. You know, in the, creating a culture of leadership framework. Um, there's, there's several pieces and sections I'm writing about on that and, and pulling together. And the first section is it's all about the people. You know, if you want to be able to connect people to mission and purpose and impact, they, they have to be mission driven and purpose driven and impact driven. And, you know, we've just gone through and completely changed our hiring processes our interview questions are a lot more behavioral based. And the first question is, are they the culture fit? Mm-hmm. Now there are some specializations, right? We can't hire a finance director because they're a good culture fit. They have to have the competency and the credentials and the culture fit. But a lot of jobs across a lot of different professions, you can train people. Right. Uh, if they've got the, the basic competencies, you, you can train them. But you know, my, one of my mentors early on in my police career, Brad, Brad Bloom, he's the assistant village manager of Hinsdale now was the police chief. He said, once people show you who they are, believe them because people don't change. Mm-hmm. And so if they're not the right fit, and he said, we hire people for what they know, and we fire them for who they are. You know, once somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And one of the things that, that we've done, and we did it in the police department years ago, is we created a year probation period. And a lot of times you'll see a few months or six months. I really believe people can fool you for three months, for six months, maybe nine months, but people can't fool you for a year. You right. see who people really are. Um, and if, if your organization values service and teamwork and empathy and excellence, people have to either share those values or develop those values uh, to, to be on your team. Right. Absolutely. So you drive home so many important points. So let me ask you this question, Gita. What motivates Gita? Um, so what motivates me? Um, what motivates me is working with quality people. I, I count my blessings every day and I can't tell our team enough. I, you know, I will scream it from the mountaintops. I just feel so incredibly blessed to work with an exceptional team of employees, really good people, um, smart. I'm learning from them every single day. We're learning from each other. Um, we have a city council that's, that's in their position really for the right reasons, making decisions based on the best interest of the community. And we have such a caring community. And so I feel so incredibly fortunate. I love the work that I do in local government management, and I feel so blessed to do it in Highland Park. Um, So what motivates me is when we are doing good work and we're doing good work every single day. Um, And we know that, you know, we can't make everybody happy. We've got 30,000 people in town. And so (laughs) there are some people that naturally are going to be upset with us for something that we do. but we are doing our best and I do see the positive change that we're making. And so that keeps me motivated. 
our city council is great when I have my performance review with them. You know, they've they've asked me every single year. We don't want to burn you out. We see how much you're working. You know, you need to take care of yourself. And I and I tell them I am energized by by the support that we have in this organization um, and and doing good things. And so I don't mind working long hours as long as I'm in a positive environment and I'm in a positive environment. So thus I've been working 16 hour days. <laughs> but, <laughs> great. And my husband laughs at me. He's like, I think you're the only one on a Sunday, you know, that like looks forward to going to work on Monday. And it's like, I don't know, but I am, I feel ha I'm happy. It, it has really been uh, a challenging time for so many people, uh, people who have been laid off, uh, businesses who've closed their doors. Um, it's been especially a challenging time for leaders uh, across all organizations and professions. And, and, and I share a lot of what you're talking about, you know, with these long hours, but being so motivated to work with this great team and for this great community and to continue to take on these challenges and, and step up to the challenge and, and, and really help make this easier on everybody else as we go through these unprecedented times with COVID-19. And now, you know, as we record this podcast, you know, our communities, our, our country is in the middle of fallout from yet more police brutality uh, with, with George Floyd. And so it's in all of that, while we mix in the, the new rules that were um, dropped on us by, by our governor for, for phase three reopening <laughs> um, in the scramble there. So, you know, I, I talk a lot to people about, you know, leadership isn't for the faint of heart. And I think in times like these, purpose-driven service-based leaders really shine. And I think why they shine isn't, because of necessarily them, but it's because of the great team that they have assembled and empowered to do great work for, for the organization, in our case, for, for our communities. Uh, Will Smith, one of his favorite lines from a motivational thing was, in order to be ready, you got to stay ready. Mm -hmm. Nobody saw the pandemic coming. You know, nobody, you know, Nobody saw what was, what was coming. There was no warning with this incident in Minneapolis. This horrible, horrible incident in Minneapolis. Um, and, and so it's about the work you put in day-to-day -day consistently preparing your team for these moments, and you've done just an incredible job of preparing your team. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. The, we've talked about so many great things today regarding motivation, motivating our team, um, people are essential to the success of our organization. They're essential to the success of, of any organization. And, and you've talked about some things that are just so important, you know, communication first and foremost. Has, has communication been the most important thing and the biggest challenge during this COVID-19 pandemic, Kita? Um, you know, there are so many important things, but yeah, communication is, I think, one of the primary um, primary things that we need to do and we need to do it well, because when we are, um, you know, we're working on so many different things, we're still responding to, obviously, we're responding to COVID calls and we're communicating with assisted living facilities. There are so many different 
groups that, that need our communication. And as we're making change and we're making decisions every single day, if you're not communicating effectively, um, you're, you may be sending the wrong message and that may not be the right message. And so, yes, that is, that is incredibly important. Um, and I think it's also important to, to not, um, you know, not feel, I think, as a leader that it's all on your shoulders, because this is also an opportunity for people throughout the organization to step up and show us, you know, their leadership and management skills. It's an opportunity to empower people that may not have been comfortable before, but, you know, now we need them more than ever. Um, and so let's use that as, as an opportunity to also continue to, to grow our employees during this very challenging time. Yeah, the leadership development aspect, and I'm glad you pointed that out because you can't have the experience until you have the experience. And, you know, your mindset and your leadership philosophy to intentionally get other leaders, staff members, non-formal leaders involved in, in different ways provides them the experience to one day uh, carry on, you know, when, when you decide to, to step away, right? This right. isn't about creating a great team and organization while, while we're here. It's about legacy and it's about how we live on through our people and how we, how we get our people ready. And, and, and really when from the leadership side, and I think you'll agree with this, it's those day-to-day -day things, our, our, our team members help get us ready, right? Because right. we're right. constantly learning and changing and evolving and, and right. I think all great leaders are in that, in, in that step. I got an email from a colleague who tested positive for COVID um, about a week and a half ago. And so he shared, you know, his experience of, you know, what he was feeling and when he got tested and all of that, you know, and at the end he said, you know, his government employees, you know, were considered essential workers. But at the end he said, you know, I just realized how non-essential I am when now I need to be in quarantine and I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's true. It's, I think, you know, I think we've all worked with employees that um, want to value their position so much. They want to feel needed that they're not sharing with others how they do things, the standard operating procedures. And it really, you're, you're, you're not doing a service to yourself um, or the organization by holding everything tight because you need to feel needed. Um, and so it is so incredibly important I think that succession planning that we have and making sure that we have people cross-trained. Now, all of that should have happened pre-pandemic, um, but now we're putting into place because if someone is out for two weeks, you need to take into account who else can do that job. We cannot shut down just because we have people that are out. And so what are those plans in place to make sure that our organization stays operational and smooth and we continue to, to serve and keep the public safe? Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to add for the purpose of today's conversation surrounding motivation, Gita? Um, I don't. Thank you so much for having me. Great, um, great conversation. And, and just thank you for, for doing this. Cloud. It was great. You know, it, 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 you talk about motivation and motivation really has to do with how our team members, right, feel uh, emotionally connected and, and empowered or inspired to do their job and to do their job to the best of their ability. And it's such an important topic as we talk about, as we talk about leadership. I was doing a little re uh, research leading up to the day and John Adair 
Adar talks about this 50-50 rule and how you know, 50% emotion, motivation comes from within and 50% comes from the outside. And as leaders, we do have an incredible impact on the motivation, the drive, uh, inserting positive energy and passion to, to our teams. And so to, to not intentionally focus on this area of motivation, especially during times like COVID-19 and these pandemics, but really all the time, you know, we're selling ourselves and our organizations and those we serve short. Something you said a little earlier in, in this being a leadership podcast is you said leadership isn't position, it's passion. You know, and leadership isn't power and control, it's service and empowerment. And when you see the most successful leaders, and when I meet and talk with, with different leaders who are successful and, and leading great organizations and great teams, they, they, they share that mindset and, and they really share those values. Gita, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today, uh, sharing this great information for our listeners. Like I said, motivation is such, such an important topic. It's relevant to, to leaders across all professions. Communication, uh, understanding what motivates people individually, and just being opus, open and honest with people is, is so important. How we make people feel, how we connect them to our organizations, it's really what changes the game, especially as we all try to pursue organizational excellence. Gita, I know we've got several different topics that we plan to talk about through this Leadership Excellent podcast. I can't wait to do it. Our listeners are in for, for a real treat. You have, you're such a wealth of information. You really are on the front edge of leadership. To our listeners, thank you for sharing this time with us. If you found this episode helpful, please consider sharing it with your network. And remember, always be committed to excellence.